most women do not feel like that they they put themselves last sadly they don't think it's important to look good they don't think it's important to to exercise they don't feel it's important to earn as much money as you possibly could because of the, ra- the way we've been raised you know the girl can just depend on her husband so it's surprising today when i see young brides saying they're homemakers whereas there are so many opportunities out there going to make a living be independent financially also which will add to their self esteem you're listening to unleashing excellence with your hosts shruti gehanwar and karan raider as your high performance and leadership coaches we here to help you look beyond the problem through the experience of people who show extraordinary awareness in ordinary everyday situations this is the second part of my conversation with dr mini panikar who shares why she believes every woman is an entrepreneur in this episode we talk about dealing with loss and grief and here's a disclaimer before we dive into this episode sahabav is a geriatric facility and not a clinic as mentioned in the previous episode there was a time when i was speaking to an entrepreneur who owned a hospital and their question to me was karan how do i build loyalty in my team how do i ensure that the people who come to the hospital are not just thinking about the work that they do or the salary that they receive but they're actually present to serve so this is a twofold question one i want you to help us understand is there a interview process that you follow that hey these are certain things that are recognized from the get go when i hire someone and how do you also continue to build this loyalty i think the most easiest way to do this is to put yourself in their shoes if you have ever worked under somebody you would know what they feel when they come for the interview because you've been that person someday um you would know how uncomfortable or comfortable you were with the questions asked to you um uh, having said that coming to the position and the shoes of the employer uh yeah you might have uh, certain qualifications etc that you're looking for but i'm sure that everyone looks for the right attitude uh, you know you may be very highly qualified but you don't have the attitude of a leader so and it's only you you might i might want to train the person but i've had failures there I mean, people cannot live up to it uh, because when you're a leader you have to take responsibility for what is being done in your team uh, accountability is very very important for me it's uh, for example in my field of work uh, you know if someone has a fall if a resident falls uh, i have to take the responsibility and, and inform the family that well someone's had a fall we had a case like that where she uh, the lady was uh, she was immobile for almost 7 years of her life at at home and when she got here we actually worked so much on her that she started to walk uh, so she was the family was delighted uh, we took so many videos of her walking and she would eat by herself so much of progress which we were so immensely proud of then uh, she was taken for a shower and one day her sodium levels fell and she kind of buckled with her own weight and while the caretakers were there you know they couldn't pull her up to standing position because she couldn't stand and they had to put her on the floor but uh, eventually uh, she did uh, have a fracture because of that because her bones were very brittle at that age so doctor later told me you know her bones are like eggshells uh, he couldn't even fix it properly because anywhere he tried to put a nail in uh, during the surgery it just kept cracking more so it was very unfortunate but uh, you know i had to tell the family which was very very difficult for me that in spite of my caretakers being there she still had a fracture but 
you got to do that you have to be you have to take responsibility as a leader and you know you have to let your deputies know while doing this while having said this i think it's also important to empower them because if they don't have the freedom and the space to work and to to think freely and to find solutions you're still uh, you know strangulating them of air so i think both is a, is a fine balance once again that you have to make them leaders and you have to make them empower them and it has to carry on it has to cascade to the last level so that is when the beauty of the, the organization and the company really comes out i absolutely agree with you it's not just that you make a statement and say hey we need to serve but you need to ensure that it's also carried down to the last man on your team um it reminds me of what earl nightingale said that said about your team is as strong as the weakest person on your team and yeah i'm with you 100% on this there is a saying that uh, when someone went to went to nasa and visited uh, this, the the office there there was a janitor who was uh, you know sweeping the floor and he asked him so what do you do and the janitor said uh, i help people go to space uh, look at that uh, that is that is quality in its best so so something i train my my staff to say as well all of us as a team just look after make uh, sure that the, the residents have a better quality of life and nothing else no saying that i'm a nurse and i'm a blah 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 you just say well we're looking at uh, working towards better quality of life for the residents so through this conversation i'm continually reminded of what you just said that is just keeping things simple ensuring that there's a simple message even right now when you said you're ensuring better quality of life you ensure that the message is simple and everyone knows they're moving yes. towards one direction one thing that i am curious about though is a large part of your work revolves around dealing with loss and yes loss is also a critical part of the reality and so many of us with the pandemic has come so close and have also lost people so in your line of work how do you deal with the process of loss and how do you brace yourself because there's no way to predict when this might happen as many of our gurus say from the minute you're born you're walking towards your death uh, so this journey in between is what matters right uh, grief and loss uh, it's a critical part of life this reality has come up close with the pandemic and so many of us losing our loved ones um, so you know how do you deal with this loss in in at the first instance it's acceptance you have to accept that this is going to happen the first death for me was a shocker because i'm like oh my god you know we've lost this person uh, she died beautifully in her sleep no pain no suffering and yet uh, it was a uh, shock to me and and the grief was so so overwhelming uh, but i realized that that's when you know this is it this is going to happen time and again i have to get used to it it's part of my job and it's part of the work that i do so i tell keep telling myself the same thing that one day it all has to end for each one of us i mean my work is in keeping the life worth living while we're alive to the last day uh, so we just brainstorm on how to make innovative activities to make their lives happier but death is a very very certain part of my work uh, and uh, like in a hospital there are only so many probable chances of mortality but in my line of work it is certain so i had to reset my mind to accept this uh, i often have to counsel my team when we lose a loved one because they we get so attached to them so having lost them is 
very, very difficult for us. And we miss their presence, you know, with things we do. Uh, but we have a lot of pictures uh, to keep it going. We have albums of everybody and we share it with their families. It's been a beautiful journey. So we, uh, as long as there's no suffering, we, we really celebrate their lives. But it, it's part of what I do. So there is no going away from that. I mean, I'm definitely with you on the acceptance part that, yes, this is an eventuality that this will happen. On the one hand, you've got your team members who know this reality and know that this is going to happen. On the other hand, you have the people that you care for every day and some of them may end up losing their friends. And how do you ensure that that transition happens smoothly or how do you handle that better? Because it's someone losing their friend and they have made a friend towards the later stages of life who they want to remember and suddenly not seeing that person has a great impact on their emotions also. It was a very important uh, part of, uh, you know, understanding what we do. So, like I said, it was the my team, my team members, and uh, many of the caretakers, uh, they get so attached to the people, the residents who live there. And the best part is when someone passes away, we can't let the rest of the, the facility know that so-and-so is no more right now. We can't let them know because it will get to them and they will start thinking, okay, I'm next in line. You see, so I, it's very important that nobody knows. So number one part is you cannot cry or, or show grief in that way so that other people see. And then they will they will realize they're, you know, they're intelligent enough to understand that okay, something has happened over here. So we, uh, and we have, when we take remove the body also, uh, we have to be very careful. So we have these tactics, you know, we uh, make sure that everyone's in their room and uh, we, one person, one staff stands on the door of each room so that it doesn't open. And at that moment, within a span of two minutes, we remove the body with the ambulance waiting downstairs. So all this is there carefully coordinated in order to maintain the peace of that place, uh, especially for the residents. As far as my staff is concerned, with time, I have told them. And when I see them, you know, during our work, when I see that someone is getting overtly attached, I have to tell them, hey there, just just hold those emotions of yours. Because uh, while we are family, we are secondary family. There is, there is their own children who need to be in the space where you're going. So don't make it so difficult because you will suffer. Because this person is already so old, they're 90 plus or they're ill. And this thing. So I always have to tell them, in advance sometimes it's happened about three four times where i have to tell them that just hold your horses do not go like you know can't you can't be with them all the time so we, you have to treat everyone in the same way everyone's important so it's it's easy to you know like someone more than the other it's human nature isn't it and we're dealing, dealing with the emotions but uh, yes i have to counsel them and we, we, i've had tough times because people can't come to work the next day because they're so so you know they're grieving so much that they cannot come back and face that bed where that person lay. It's part of my job. What you just shared with me right now has just blown, I would say, my respect for you through the roof. I've always looked at you as someone who's held herself so well in, in these situations. Um, and right now when you shared that, you know, I have to ensure that the dead body is carried across in a certain time. And there is a strategy for this. I think hearing the reality of how you deal with these challenges is just something else. And I want to share a story of mine with you. 
um sure and and i and i feel you would be the best person to help me understand this as well very recently i lost both my grandparents and one of the things that i faced a difficulty with at least throughout my life was saying knowing what to say to someone who loses someone and when i lost my grandparents a lot of people came to me and said hey i'm so sorry for your loss and my immediate reaction was to say thank you because i genuinely felt like thanking them and saying hey it's it's okay and thank you for feeling that way and being there for me i got a reaction from someone who said why are you thanking me so i genuinely want to ask you is there a way of communicating your feeling is there a right way or can i do this better when i hear that someone's lost a dear one or a loved one okay <laughs> very interesting <laughs> question <laughs> uh, i think uh, see again it's a very subjective feeling right the intensity of your grief only you know uh, and similar to mine it can it could be intensity of your happiness as well it could be intensity of any particular emotion but only you are going through it uh, the other person uh, if especially the acquaintances or friends and not within the very closely knit family of the person who's passed away uh, maybe just you know they just they're being uh, civil isn't it i mean like you would have to be civil if someone passes away you would need to know you may not have known the person but they're telling you uh, i you know i offer my condolences so in my opinion the best way to do is hold your hands because it's an acceptance of his feeling to you there should be no words yes so the best way is to hold your hands in acceptance of the other person's uh, uh, condolence to you because it says a lot when you you know don't speak anything silence is golden there so uh, whether it's in a message or whether it is an actual physical presence uh, holding your hands is the most ideal way to receive a condolence or sympathies from anybody uh, because uh, it's up to you whether you want to respond more with words of your grief but most likely that should do when you are the person giving condolence also folding of hands is necessary this folding of hands is to the soul that is passed the soul that may be there because the body is still there and as our scriptures say for about 3 days the soul is very close to the to the home where they passed last and to the close to them so you fold your hands and say i'm very sorry for the loss in your family for your you know the bereaved family but be brave and i'm there for you if you need me so that make the completes the sentiment around it so these are the two ways because i go through both right uh, i go through uh, i am sometimes part of the family because i have looked after that person for the last week but when the when that children come in i'm the other side so i have i have to play both the roles most often <laughs> i i i i have nothing to say to this i i feel like you have given me an answer that i have been waiting for for the longest of time thank you so much <laughs> so his very and very recently you shared that you had to do the last rites to one of the members who passed at in your clinic when i hear such a statement the thought that comes to my mind is that's a huge responsibility to bear especially because um someone is trusting you with their family and and me not being present as a son or daughter i'm i'm bestowing upon you to hand, to do this duty how do you handle this responsibility without you know succumbing to the pressure of it all when i take on uh, a new resident i'm taking on all the duties uh, a child would do 
his child will do. So it is not, uh, I do not just restrict myself to the point that they're there. You know, if they're sick, I rush them to the hospital, no matter what time in the night. I personally take my car and go. So I have saved a couple of lives uh, in the golden hour, which is which has been so, I feel so good after that. It was worth the effort, you know. Uh, but um, I feel bad for the families. So when when it was locked down and I lost uh, a few deaths, not to the not to, to COVID, fortunately, because of natural causes, but the family couldn't come. They lived overseas. And uh, I had to, and they were not even Hindus. So they were Parsis. And uh, the original way for Parsis, the deceased are to take them to a place called Dungarwadi, where uh, you know their their last rites are very different. Uh, and I tried to survey these things before I started survey. How do you, you know, what are the last rites? So what do what do people do when a person passes away? How do you bathe the body? How do you dress the body? It's something I always I knew I had to research on. And uh, when this particular lady passed away, uh, I didn't know what to do because restricted movement because of COVID. Uh, and everyone would think it's a COVID death. All this stayed on my mind. Uh, but the family, the, the, the children were very supportive. And they just said, you know what? Don't bother with Dungarwadi. You just take her to the nearest Hindu crematorium. And, you know, you do the last rites as if she was your own. So the family said, uh, you know, I could uh, take her to the nearest Hindu crematorium and do the last rites like you would do with your own mother. For me, uh, that faith was so huge, uh, you know, I had to do it. I There was no way I'd do it any other way. So we took her to the crematorium and uh, the daughters were watching on video. She said, you know, the moment you all get there, please do a video call and we're going to start saying our prayers. And that's what they did. So they said their prayers while I and my colleague, um, you know, we did everything according to the Hindu rights. Uh, it was a beautiful uh, very, it just happened to be. I mean, normally you go to the crematorium during COVID times and there's this line of bodies waiting. But uh, God had it that way. There was nobody else there. It was a very serene and peaceful environment. And we could do the last rites uh, with our entire hearts into it and wishing her soul the very best for the next journey. And uh, the children, uh, God bless them. I I still thank them. You know, They, they think they owe me, but... But for me, the feeling is if you could trust me with it, I owe you because uh, it was such a huge responsibility that I took. And I felt, they felt me worthy of doing that. And to this day, they call me sister of another mother because they say we are sisters now. You you did to our mother what we had to do. And that's my takeaway from that. I also sense that there's elements of gratitude coming through when you're given such a responsibility that you're grateful to having gone through this experience and I think that just keeps you grounded. Um, this is also something that I've recognized in my line of work when I work with um, sports people who say, hey, listen, thank you so much for being there in those tough moments of mine. And my only response is thank you for taking action. And you know, just grateful for being blessed to work with such people. That's with- something you have taught me, Karan, by saying <laughs> thank you, subconscious. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing so important to do that but it's something you have taught me you're welcome um i want to transition from the these emotions to understanding how does mini take care of herself then you know um i mean on on a regular basis you go through such heightened emotions of grief loss sometimes talking to your teammates what does mini do to take care of herself i think every woman is a born multitasker 
every single woman is a god. She can wear ten hats. Anyone can do it. Any woman does it. Most women do it all the time. Uh, but I think, um, unfortunately, they don't give themselves enough credit, or they don't give themselves enough time on themselves. Uh, we always do it very late in life because when during our prime years, you know, we are always living for our families and doing things for them as expected. So. For me, I started Serba, like I said, when I was 50. So for me, it was very late realization that, that hey, this is something I must do for myself as well, something that makes me happy. So uh, that's why, Karan, I reached out to you <laughs> at this age to say, listen, I need health goals. Listen, I need you to help me start running again. But uh, it's so important to give yourself uh, uh, time to follow your passions apart from work, to follow some, to develop some habits, to develop hobbies, to keep yourself fit, to do anything that makes you look good, because when you look good, you feel better, you do it for yourself, um, to, to earn money in whichever way, right? Whichever, like what makes you, what gives you the drive to earn money? So I think all women need a lesson in that, to, to make them earlier in life, much earlier in life. So what if you're just, if you're just 30 and you've just started a family? How much time do you give yourself should be taught to them very early, by example? For those of you who don't know, uh, and you're listening to this right now, just putting it out there, very soon, Mini will, will be running marathons. And this is something that continues to inspire me every day. I'm just saying it because with the many roles that I've shared about Mini, that's one thing that she also does. And yes, I agree with you, Mini. These are lessons that you must teach very early on. Um, which gets me to wonder, when you're going through that phase of transition, maybe you're graduating and you're now applying for a job or maybe you're from a job now you're transitioning to a business owner we all go through these transitions and women especially um, have to juggle with these transitions especially in our society where the responsibilities shared are greater for the women so how do you juggle these transitions even though you know that you have to handle a career at the end of the day and what advice if any you would you give to women handling these transitions? I think everyone just just rolls through these years, uh, you know, in the best way. But what's important is not to get burnt out. What's important is not to let, not to lose yourself in the journey. It's damn important that you keep yourself in the very best. If, if you have the, the pyramid of what you want to do and what you're doing, you have to keep yourself there at the very top because only then do you think worth you know, the life is worth doing all this, all these efforts. So most women do not feel like that. They they put themselves last, sadly. They don't think it's important to look good. They don't think it's important to, to exercise. They don't feel it's important to earn as much money as you possibly could because of the, ra- the way we've been raised, you know. The girl can just depend on her husband. So uh, it's surprising today when I see young brides saying they're homemakers Whereas there are so many opportunities out there for them to go and make a living and be independent financially also, which will add to their self-esteem. So the important thing is um, not to let yourself you know, feel worthless. If, you are, if there's any advice, I would say that every person has an opportunity to do something for themselves that will make them overall a better person in every field of work, whether it is social engagement with friends, make time for them that's exercising we all lose ourselves because we have to do so much for our kids and 
people are in-laws and husbands. So very, very important. It's just that. Please keep yourself on that, at that pinnacle there uh, and then work the rest of the way up because when you're good, you do good for others. Yeah? And you'll get tougher also. <laughs> and and for someone who's going to start their journey on on, like you said, getting tougher, what would be like the lessons that you would want to share with them saying, hey, these are certain things that you'd need to remember to brace yourself and remember along the way as you become tougher? Just two words, be strong. Um, because uh, I had, I also had a lot of fears, you know. I used to fear the cops, the, the municipality officers, the policemen on the street because they all have this you know you're, you're raised with these things that okay the police is going to take you blah 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 so uh, when a bmc officer would come into my office and say uh, you know how come you have uh, put a shed on your thing it's not allowed you know you initially the the, the, the reaction was i'm afraid uh, you know what do i do to him does he want money is he out for a bribe and things like that um, but the journey of my work was such that I had to keep facing them over and over again. And I decided that, you know, I'm not going to be afraid of them. Uh, it took a while. It took a, a few experiences. But uh, today I can boldly say I am not afraid of anybody. Uh, I can go and sit and talk to a policeman. I, I can tell no to a politician when they are asking me for some stupid, uh, you know, favors of, say, admitting someone at a discounted rate, etc. I say no. I say no, I can't do that. But uh, all those fears are gone. And I tell my team, let's not be, we are an all-woman team, by the way. <laughs> so, so it works for everybody. You know, why should we be afraid of anyone? We are, doing, we are not doing any wrong work. So we should just be very bold. Um, so that the strength has been built over a period of time. I think everyone has to undergo that. It's not as easy as saying. But if I had to say it, you're telling me, just what would you say? I'd say just be strong. I feel that's something that I needed to hear as well more and especially because there were there are times when I step out and it could be as simple as going into a restaurant and I'm wondering hey am I wearing the right shirt am I holding walking the right way so I guess next time I just need to tell myself Karan be strong you're doing what you're doing (laughs) thank you so now that we're here Mini what next for Sahabab expansion uh, having my third center is around the corner with God's grace oh, and, wow. and, and uh, immense uh, gratitude going out to the to the universe. It's all falling in place. Yes. So there's a beautiful third center that's coming up soon. And then there'll be the fourth and the fifth. Yes. So the journey continues. My USP is that I want to keep it within Mumbai city. Not that I'm shy of moving to other cities, but uh, Mumbai is, I know there's a market here and there, no matter how many centers I open, uh, and a, a, a small thing I want to say is that, you know, I don't fear competition uh, because uh, I just do, I just work uh, as a daily work. I don't look at, oh, that person's doing this, so I should do this as well. Because I just feel, my, I just keep the clear objective. Is this person happy? Is he happier than when he came, before he came to server? So when that is achieved, I know that overall it's successful. So I have never bothered with competition. In fact, I've invited competitors to come into Sarbao and, and see for themselves and give me suggestions how I can do better. Developing a healthy attitude between us. Uh, and that is, they have come and I've honored them and give, given them lunch. But uh, uh, so I don't look at competition in an unhealthy way. I just, I just do good work. And, uh, I think 
the rest will just fall through. The money will come, the accolades will come, uh, but you have to take your take the the brick packs with your bouquets. This is a, is a fine thing I need to say that you must learn to take it in your stride, isn't it? It will come. Throughout this conversation, I've also felt that this immense resonance with what you're sharing right now and with what you just shared last. It's be strong is coming through in what you said. Like take it in, take it with your stride. Make sure that uh, you're doing the work that you're doing and. even don't don't focus on the finer things like oh what about the money what about the client what about the customer i think okay. that's so important as an entrepreneur also to remember that hey do what you know you've got to yes. do yes right. so mini with that being said if there is a message for the listeners out there that you want that you've always wanted to share what would it be one message uh, i think uh, the one message i'd love to share is uh, we all are growing older <laughs> so i having uh, taken up the the line of work of looking after senior citizens if you're young or you consider yourself young keep it young you know keep your heart young as your body ages uh, keep your body fit keep your mind fit keep yourself busy because uh, the moment you let go of those things of the things you love to do or me to don't move your body the moment you keep your mind idle is where disease starts so the one message i want to give everybody out there is is you're only as young as you want to be in your heart always just remain young be a child and uh, don't stop any at any point of time don't stop doing what you're currently doing if at all just increase the level of work that you're doing to contribute so and you will be fit also so mini um before i thank you if there is someone out there who wants to reach out to you have maybe a conversation with you where can they reach out to you Are you on social media? Yes, we are on social media. Sabal is on Instagram and Facebook, uh, and uh, there is the website. It's www.sabal.com. It's spelled as S A H A P H A V. Sabal means uh, coexistence in Sanskrit, and uh, I just stuck to it. Although I had a lot of people telling me that no, 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 you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to get your target audience are the people whose children live abroad, so you should have a very international sounding name. I said no. i'm going to deal with the indians who live here the, the people who are above 80 so i'm going to keep it an indian name and uh, i'm so glad i stuck to my decision so uh, yeah sarvav.com uh, and you could reach out to me at 777707997 that's my number in the show notes i will be including links to your website your social media links and probably sharing your phone number with people who want to reach out to you and have a conversation with you Yes. Mini this has been a wonderful conversation and I for a fact know that you are someone whose phone does not stop buzzing <laughs> it means the world to me especially because I feel somewhere I got a resolution to an answer that I was looking for through this conversation oh and... I'm so happy <laughs> wow that was worth every minute of this it 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 means the world that you took out time to be here to share what you did and also touched upon important conversations Thank you once again Mini this has been absolutely a pleasure. It's my honor. Thank you so much Karan. Bye. Bye. Unleashing Excellence is hosted by me Shruti Gehanwar and Karan Raider. The show is produced by Rahul Rao. Deep gratitude to Ryan, all our guests and you the listener. Special thanks to our sponsor Carbon Black Films. One more thing. We at Coach Chakra are committed to you in your endeavor towards excellence. And for this we need your support in gathering data. 
So please send us your thoughts by filling out the form on what you believe makes you tick in your pursuit of excellence. See you in the next episode.